So, do you consider it like a cosmic sense of humor that I lost the initial recording of this podcast? Like it was fate? Like it was fate laughing at us. Oh. You know, since tonight we're talking about humor on the VG Thought Commune podcast. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I'm Is sure. Is fate supposed to no. feel superior to us? <laughs> wow, well, yeah. Hello and welcome to the, I guess we can call it the 15th Commune Podcast. Uh, we lost the initial recording because I didn't test. Uh, why are you a fan? How have you been doing? I've been doing just great. That's that's good to hear. I'm, I'm glad it is good to hear because I like telling people that I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, it's a hobby of mine. <laughs> Shaddy, how does this day find you? Um, I think it found me pretty well. I wasn't hiding or anything. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, Fox, uh, how are you doing? Feeling good. It's like a parody of my past two selves. <laughs> That's a good thing? Well, the last one wasn't as good, so I'm a parody of the bad ones. That makes me good. <laughs> um, Shaddy, what games have you been playing lately? Animal Crossing New Leaf. And like always. Is there anything, like... I played Animal Crossing back in 2003, and I get the impression most Animal Crossings are sort of incremental improvements. Yeah, more than but I think, changes. This, I think this one has the most sweeping changes of any other iteration. Oh, really? Yeah. Could you name them? Like, being the mayor... Changing up your town, swimming. That's right. I remember asking about swimming, and you were like, "You can only do it in the ocean." Yeah. Because that's where it's safest to swim. I know, right? Where all the sharks are, and the mm -hmm. jellyfish. Can you fight animals? And the shark jellyfish. Instead of having to catch them. Fight animals. Instead of having to like use a fishing rod. You mean like wrestle a shark underwater? Yeah. No. They usually just run away if you go north towards them. Oh. Well, the, I guess that means for, you're at least intimidating. You can only die for creatures. You can't fish them out with your body. Oh, well. Uh, Fox, have you been uh, playing the games on a video recently? I have been playing The Saints of Roe. The uh the third? The third one. How is it? It has funny <laughs> and comedy and action. <laughs> I uh I witnessed a friend play it and I remember there being a lot of ragdoll physics. There is. There's a lot. There's actually you can if you earn enough money you can uh buy the ability to turn that off of yourself. Turn it off. What, what happened? So that you're not affected. So it's like if you get hit by a grenade, you don't ragdoll. You just—I I, I haven't seen what happens because I like the ragdolls, but I guess it goes away. <laughs> uh -huh. so it's a game that doesn't take itself too seriously. Definitely not. If I 
if I haven't played an open world game before, would you recommend Saints Row the Third? If you haven't played any other, yeah, absolutely not. I've like not. I've tried Grand Theft Auto and Simpsons Hit and Run. I think it is. Or uh, the and the GTA I tried was like Vice City, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't put you too much time. You also played Lego City, didn't you? What? You also played Lego City, didn't you? Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> None of those games I enjoyed because it was just like driving around and then the missions were just go forward and hit the action button until everything goes away. I feel like a lot of the missions for this one is, well, they seem like a lot of mini games because a lot of the missions repeat themselves and they'll be kind of the same thing for the same person that where the purpose is to like build up your rep. So it'll be just, just like the same mini game and then they'll be interspersed with really neat crazy cutscene missions. I don't want to say cutscene, but like cinematic missions. Like story important missions? Yeah. But like, are the content of the missions fun? Do you, like, are they challenging? I think, well, hmm. a lot of them it's just try not to get overwhelmed by the number of bad guys. <laughs> okay. it, seems to be a th- it seems to be a theme in open world things, I think. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Yeah, Lego City was very, um, I think the most enemies that threw at you at once was was three. Oh. So. That was not a challenging game, but I guess it was a little fun just, like, crashing into stuff and then picking up the resulting Lego bricks that you could use to build other things. Uh, Wario fan, do you know uh, what a video game is? I've, I've... I've had uh, several men in the top field uh, send me reports of what a video game is. What's the latest report from them? Well, I think I can confirm that uh, Spirit Tracks is a video game. That's one that I played and enjoyed, and like in typical Zelda fashion, I just got stuck and could not figure out any way around it. But is this your first time through? First time through Spirit Tracks, yeah. What do you think of it so far? It's uh, I, I like uh, uh, well, I like it better than Phantom Hourglass. Phantom Hourglass had that dungeon that you had to race through, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's such a that's such a big deterrent to playing that. Yeah, that's what they all say. Spirit Tracks does not have that. Spirit Tracks does have a centralized tower, but um, it it skips the whole race to the top business. I like well, the I mean, centralized tower. Huh? I like the centralized tower in um in Spirit Tracks. Oh, good. Good for you. <laughs> All right, how are you liking the trains? Oh, the trains are the well. Um, I I can't afford to customize my trains yet because I don't know if I want to sell my treasure or use the treasure to customize the train. It's a very uh, harrowing experience. It's, it's, wait, so can you like bedazzle your train or put rims on? Oh yeah, you can make it like hover just like Back to the Future. It's it's insane. <laughs> I can't tell if you're serious or not. No, well, as far as I know, I'm not. I don't think there's a Back to the Future train in there. Uh, but you but, can uh, decorate it. You 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 can you can change the the cars. Okay, you know how in Phantom Hourglass you could customize the ship. No, no. I never played Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, well that was a. Uh, Basically, you're swapping parts. So, like, instead of the, uh, like, like the passenger room, 
you know, you can make it be like a, a skull passenger room or a golden passenger room or a tropical passenger room. That's I mean, all it does is just change the, uh, change, it's aesthetics really, but I think if you complete a set, you basically get like more health, which is pretty good, you know. Okay. Yeah. Humor is a difficult and nuanced topic, and no one on this podcast has the degree or the research to say anything conclusive on the matter. However, we do get the ball rolling on what it means to have humorous gameplay, and my goal here was more to start a discussion and inspire thought than to get concrete answers. I think we all have some learning to do, and talking things out is an important part of processing what we've learned. To that end, I do think we have some noteworthy observations here that will get you thinking. So this week on the Commune Podcast, our main topic is uh, the humorous side of Parodius, where obviously Parodius is trying to be humorous in some sense, but I figured we could take a little more serious look at it and uh, try to suss out exactly where its humor is coming from, because I think it's obvious to say, you know, there's a penguin that you play as, and that's pretty silly, but I think it works on, on levels that you might not immediately notice. Basically, scholars agree that there are three central theories of how humor works, and they don't really agree on how they work together, and they haven't really come up with a like a conclusive one central theory of how humor works. They're just sort of working around it, sort of being around the bush without finding the main idea of what humor is. Anyway, so the first of those three theories is relief theory, which basically says, that humor comes from a relief of tension. Uh, so a more literal take on this would say that play fighting follows relief theory, since the tension of real fighting is relieved when it turns out just to be a play, just to be play fighting. Uh, generally, you associate this kind of humor with Freud, uh, who says it's a release of any kind of tension. For example, the family members on Arrested Development are selfish to a degree that you would like to be if social standards would allow it. And so Freud would, would say, you live vicariously through them. Basically, you would like to be selfish all the time, so it's a relief to witness the characters on Arrested Development be selfish the way you wish you could be. So Fox, I was wondering if you had any ideas on how we could apply relief theory to Parodius. I feel like a lot of the humor in Parodius is uh, derived from references in Gradius and other shoot 'em ups and since it's something I'm not really familiar with, I'm going to miss a lot. But for relief, for one example I can think of is this, is the boss after, is there an official name for the chicken level? Or are we just going to call it the Kentucky Fried Highway? <laughs> I think it, yeah, Zanrio called it the Fried Chicken Highway. I don't know if that's the official name or not. The one after that, which I don't know the name of, you're flying in space. And you get to the end and you see a, a pillow-shaped boss or whatever he is. And at first you see him shooting like just, just a huge stream of projectiles at you. And for a second, you might be afraid of them, but then you notice that he's shooting the power-ups at you. So like, oh man, that's pretty great. It's just power-ups. Until you kind of get to the, the bad side of the power-ups. At first, you're, you know, all geared up for tension because here comes a boss, and then you're relieved when it turns out his deadly projectiles are just power-ups. Right. I guess that's further spinned on its head when it, it gives you the dumb power-ups that roulette through the options. Yeah. 
And it, uh, it actually kind of sucks when you get one of those, because those carry over into the next stage. Especially that when it turns into a roulette. Yeah. Ugh. See, actually, that's a pretty smart catch. I don't think I would have caught that as a relief-style humor. Uh, did anyone else have any thoughts on relief theory in Parodius? I think what could have been a good relief, or maybe if it is, I haven't beaten it, uh, is when you get to that secret mega-hard Yamato uh, battleship level, and it's like one of the, maybe even there's a rare chance that you get there and it just flies away or something. Ah, oh, I would love that. <laughs> that stage has like the opposite of relief humor, where like you shoot its head off, and so you're like, ah, oh, thank goodness, this thing is finally gone, and then it starts jumping up and down and fills the entire screen. And it just throws me into panic mode and I don't know what to do. Have you gotten that far in that stage? I've been killed pretty early into the stage both times I've gotten there. Yeah, there is a ton of stuff on screen. You need to have your degree in dodging, I guess. I don't know what I just said. Um. <laughs> that was rather dodgy. Thank you. Right out of the fire. Uh, so another theory of humor states that uh, it comes from incongruity. It basically, the idea is that uh, it's humorous when two things appear similar but are in reality different. So, And you can get really complicated with, really quickly with this one, but the simplest way to think of it comes from Kant, uh, who calls it, quote, the sudden transformation of a strained expectation into nothing. Basically, you expect one thing and get something else. But also, it's not just random. It's a systematic defeat of expectations. Uh, for instance, strong bad typing with boxing gloves is hilarious because it's impossible. You can't actually type with boxing gloves on. So, Wario fan, I was wondering if you saw any incongruities in Parodius that would cause humor. So, I incongruity is a bit more... Uh... Subtle, isn't it? Yeah, it requires, like, it doesn't re rely entirely on emotions. Instead, it's more, you have to pick up something. Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's not very evident to me, the, the incongruity, because Faradius is just so over the top with its humor that, I mean, it's it's like a mile a minute sort of thing. Like, you notice in, you know, submarine cats and uh, a crane game coming alive to to tackle you and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just sort of not completely subtle in that way. Okay. That's true. Parodius doesn't really specialize in that kind of humor. It just puts it all out on the table for you. Yeah. And it, it's really easy to... I, I guess there might be incongruities, but they're right under your nose. Pretty much. I do think, though, that the music in the game is a really big example of incongruity theory where you have these rev like classic revered pieces that are then torn to shreds by like wacky instruments and weirdo tempos so, so, so what you're saying is Parodius is a statement against classical music and that the people at Konami thought Bach was a joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically I mean more or less sure <laughs> I, I'd buy it yeah it's the, probably that probably explains that level in Contra, that hidden level where you're just uh, shooting Mozart for five minutes straight. <laughs> you had me going for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think with the love of Moe statues, they prefer doo <laughs> <laughs> I also think there's a, a sense of incongruity in uh, in how hard the stage begins. Like, the that very first stage has a ton of projectiles coming at you all at once, and if you, like, it is kind of easy to get all of your power-ups at once, but if you don't do it perfectly and get everything, then it's really easy to get swamped by bullets in that stage. Uh, yeah, which, I can see that. Which is like incongruous with the typical idea of difficulty curves in games, where you start off dead easy. Anyone else have anything to say about incongruity? I'm going to go and say the really obvious one, and that having all the characters play as though they were big wipers is pretty incongruous. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is really, like... That's another example of a really obvious thing that's just really easy to miss, too. Wow. Shouty, uh, I wanted to ask you about superiority theory, which basically says that, uh, well, okay. Superiority theory typically gets tied up with the German word Schadenfreude, I think it's pronounced, uh, which mm -hmm. refers to the joy we get when we see others harmed. So, like, slapstick humor is when we laugh at the expense of a physical victim. But it could also be the degradation of something we normally take seriously. When you see another thing or person harmed in any way. Uh, so I, I was wondering if you had any uh, any examples of superiority theory that you could find in Parodius. I just thought the idea of being able to get power-ups really quickly and being able to swamp uh, the screen with spread shots and it, may, it makes you feel very superior to pretty much anything else on the screen. So the giant swaths of destruction you're cutting through enemies, uh, you're making them all kneel before you? Pretty much. But also there's the times where you, you might accidentally choose uh, um, the power-up where you lose all of your weapons and then you're at the mercy of, of the enemies and, and they feel superior to you. And you can laugh at yourself for feeling so weak. Yeah, there is a sense of humor there, but I don't know if, like... Can you frame it as laughing at yourself because you're superior to yourself? Or how would you frame that within these three theories? I mean, you'd frame... Well, I guess it'd be also incongruous, like you've already mentioned, where it's the flip side of what you expect in terms of difficulty curves. Yeah, I guess uh, it's also... You might say it's incongruous in the sense that, like, here's this spaceship that was ultra powerful and now he's ultra weak and it's just sort of funny to have the two juxtaposed mm -hmm. but that also makes me wonder like so contra and gunstar heroes are two games where you blow up a lot of things all at once but would you say those are funny um no because there's really no comical theme there here you're you're um using all manner of bullets like with the baby, the, uh, the spread shot is pacifiers. So it's superiority alone isn't enough to make a joke. It's got to have some other disarming element, maybe, so that yeah. you don't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Freud talks about a disarming element uh, in humor, and I still don't have like a super great grasp on exactly what that means, other than like. You need a moral distance from the subject, but I don't think that quite captures it. That doesn't quite say why something is funny. Moral distance? 
Right, so that, like, when you derive satisfaction, or when you derive humor from someone in a play... You mean, like, getting a pie in the face? Well, that's more... <laughs> I mean, the moral distance there is that there's no one's getting harmed. It's just pie. Yeah, actually, I would... Yeah. So I guess that is an example of, you know, where moral distance comes into play, but would it be equally as funny if it were some other harmless object? There's something essentially Not goofy about a pie. Funny. What? Not equally as funny. Well, pie is messy. <laughs> it's a harmless mess, though. So it's like there's more perceived destruction, even though it's so harmless. Yeah, I guess that's true. So it's just a better trick? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, d- I feel like we have gotten closer to what is and how we can observe it in video games, but there's definitely, like, parts we're missing. Mm-hmm. But that might just be humor theory in general is missing bits. Uh, the, although, the things we mentioned today are definitely things I have found funny in other video games, where, like, uh, in the latter levels of Yoshi's Island, there's generally a ton of stuff flying at you, and you get swamped pretty quickly in some situations, and that's, I don't know, that's funny to me for... Uh, whatever reason, I guess we could call it partially incongruity, partially uh, relief, maybe. Yeah, like the fuzzies. Oh man, the fuzzies. Yeah, I guess you could say the fuzzies are a relief because uh, it's a safe way of experiencing narcotics. Well, I mean, that's not really what narcotics are like, but it's supposed to be. Alright, final thoughts time. Uh, Wario fan, give me your, give me the last brains. Well, uh, I was wondering if uh, if everyone agreed that the sex appeal of this game was the little stick man on the paper airplane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take that as you will. That's why I didn't get localized, because of all that sex appeal. <laughs> I don't think it localized. It's in arcades. One of the SNES ones got localized in Europe, but it wasn't Gokujo. I think it was uh, one or two of the Super Nintendo ones, but it wasn't Go- uh, whatever this one is. Yeah. Fox, give me your final brains for today. Let's go out for frosty chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> it's a bit late for that. Although it is never summer. too late. How dare you? Elliot, give me your final brains for today. What is this, Plants vs. Zombies? Um... Yes. I mean, that game is coming up for PC, the the Garden Warfare game. So me as well be. <laughs> That's another game which which is humorous, because it is in- incongruous. Yeah, I mean, why would you fight zombies with plants? Also, maybe like relief, because uh, it's not That's a serious zom- take on zombies. They're they're bumbling and you're fighting them with gardens. Yeah. Hence the name Garden Warfare. That's where it comes from. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, good night. Good night.
All music on this podcast was from Gokujo Parodius. I'll leave you on this final thought. The past tense version of spin is not spin, it's spun.